The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. My next guests have been highlighting the lack of awareness and the lack of support for menstrual health in women's sports. I'm joined by co-founder of Move to Be, Neve Murray, and Olympic medalist with the Irish rowing team and high-performance athlete, Africa Kyo. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Morning. And Neve, first of all, uh, tell me about Move to Be. What's its objective? Um, yeah, so Move to Be is an organisation and we work to highlight and deconstruct the hidden practical and social barriers to physical activity for um, young female teenagers. Um, what is uh, the evidence about teenagers, female teenagers and sport? I mean, do they drop off in, in great numbers and if so, why? Yeah, so um, the I suppose research that we have at the moment is that girls are still dropping out at twice the rate um, compared to boys. Um, and that about approximately 80% of girls by the time they reach um, the age of 14, that 80% of them aren't meeting the recommended levels of physical activity. And Ireland in particular has one of the largest gender gaps in sports participation. So what we do is we try to provide resources and evidence-based information to help the girls themselves and their coaches work with their bodies. And I suppose the thing is that the research is still emerging. Um, you know, up until recently, only 6% of, say, sports-specific research was actually conducted only on females. Other than that, it was mostly men or men and women. And it wouldn't be specifically called out that the participants in the research were males. So a lot of the information that we had before this, um, I suppose, wasn't tailored specifically for girls. So a lot of the information we were having wasn't actually applicable. Now that is changing and there are some amazing people and researchers out there doing that work. So what we try to do at move to be is look at that research, translate it and say, well, on a practical level, what does that mean for clubs and teams at grassroots yeah. level? Now, an issue that the boys don't face is that of menstruation. And Absolutely. how big a factor is that in girls deciding... I, I don't want to, you know, risk having a period at an inopportune time. If I am menstruating, um, there may not be the facilities available in uh, the in the sports um, complex, wherever it is, or literally on the pitch, because often there are no facilities. So, uh, what to do about that? Yeah, and you might notice actually one of the stats I gave there was that you know there's a sharp drop um, fall off at by the age of fourteen, and we know by the age of fourteen that's actually in or around the time that most girls will have had their first period or their periods will be getting more regular, and it is a huge barrier to being physically active for girls. Um, there are, I suppose, a numerous contributing factors or barriers. To this and I suppose gir- girls, you know, each one is going to experience possibly a different barrier in their own context. So for one girl, it might be the fact that, you know, the facilities aren't appropriate, that there's no toilet paper in the toilets and there mightn't be any soap, you know, to wash their hands or any bins just to get rid of any menstrual products that they use. And that could be a huge barrier for another girl. For another girl, it could be actually that there was a lack of education around the menstrual products that are available to them. So if they're using pads or menstrual cups or 
tampons and actually just having that conversation um, you know, to explain, you know, what might be best suited for their particular sport, especially, say, for example, in swimming. Um, and then you're also just talking about, you know, body image issues around puberty. You know, their bodies are changing and all of a sudden they're, you know, in kits that mightn't fit them properly. Um, and there's still, you know, a lack of, um, of education around having an appropriate sports bra. Um, and a lot of teams wouldn't even have, you know, sports bra as an official part of their kit. Yeah. Um, and so that's really important. So I suppose there's lots of different barriers on a really practical level. And then there are also kind of social barriers as well. Um, and even, you know, white shorts has gotten a lot of airtime recently of the fact that, you know, it puts so much pressure on girls who it might be only their second or third period and they're really worried about leaking. So I suppose the barriers go on and on. But what I suppose we try to do is just, you know, start that conversation and empower girls and their coaches to talk about it. And that's really the first step. Now, Africa, as a high-performance athlete, um, you'd imagine that, you know, when you're rowing for Olympic teams, that none of these issues would uh, uh, still persist. What was your experience, though, as you began to enjoy your sport? I mean, what were the the, the problems you encountered? Um, I mean, did coaches, for example, have an understanding of these issues? Um, Well, to be honest, I think it wasn't ever really spoken about. It was never addressed. You know, growing up, I think it was just something I just never mentioned. I never thought it was something kind of worthwhile bringing up, probably too embarrassed to kind of come forward and speak about it. And it's only as I've gotten older that I've realized, you know, how silly that is. And I really hope that that is changing for kind of the younger generation. And I think, you know, similar to what's been mentioned already, like the toilet facilities, like obviously rowing is done out in a lake. Yeah. And, um, you know, oftentimes it's portaloos that we're dealing with where might be traveling, you know, long distances um, on a bus for hours and hours. You know, the bus might not be, might not have a toilet on the bus or if you're going to race at a particular venue, there's no infrastructure. You're literally operating out of a trailer in a field. And I think, you know, that can be quite daunting for a young girl growing up who then might not feel like she can, you know, speak with her coaches about it or even her teammates. So, yeah, I think, you know, definitely these conversations need to start happening more often, more frequently. And, you know, yeah, as I've kind of gone through the ranks, I'm a bit older now. It's definitely something that I feel more comfortable speaking about. But I just hope that this is something that, you know, the younger generation can start to come forward and and speak about, too. Now, uh, the the question of... Uh, sports kits for uh, girls and the kind of uh, shorts that they uh, were permitted or not permitted to wear. That uh, is an issue that is slowly being addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I saw the Irish rugby girls, they've brought in a Navy short. I think Wimbledon now have changed their stance of, you know, the girls don't longer have to wear white shorts. But um, yeah, it, it's small things like this that, you know, make a big difference. And for us, you know, we obviously we, we wear a rowing suit, but you, you might have kind of four or five races across maybe three days. And we, we don't always get that amount of suits. So you're kind of conscious sometimes you have to kind of be washing them sometimes in sinks and whatever it is just to make sure you have something clean to wear. So, yeah, it can be a challenge um, at times, definitely. Now, the, the question of, of performance during menstruation, uh, there might be uh, the impression that really when you're menstruating, you're kind of sick. 
which yeah. is not, not the case at all. Uh, menstruation is the sign of a healthy body, one presumes. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, um, as high-performance athletes, you're looking to get every inch out of your performance. You know, we consider so many things in terms of our performance, you know, your sleep, your diet, whatever it is. But I think this this is often overlooked. And, you know, it, what it's different for every girl. You know, some girls may suffer some girls may not even notice and their performance may remain consistent. But I think it, it is, for, for us anyway, it is quite down to the individual. And, you know, as mentioned, there hasn't been a huge amount of research to date done uh, on this. And I think, you know, I have seen definitely there's some changes coming. I saw Professor Fiona Wilson is starting some, some research on it now. And I think it, it's just, it's it's more than time now to start looking at this. And, you know, we, we, maybe in the future that we see Girls on a team may have kind of different training blocks ahead of them depending on their cycle. And I think this mm-hmm. is something that's definitely worth investigating. You know, if we're looking at all these other small factors, why not this? This could be a huge untapped area. Yeah. Uh, and mind you, when you're into things like Olympic cycles, be it on the track or on the lake, um, the events will happen when the events happen. And uh, I, I, I wonder how many uh, female athletes literally go on the uh, contraceptive pill or cycle regulators in order not to be coping with menstruation during competition. Yeah, that's definitely done. And it's something I did in the past as well and it didn't quite work out for me. That's not something I was comfortable doing. But I think, you know, the more research is done, the more knowledge we, we will get and we'll be able to adapt for, for each athlete individually. And I think, you know, it's not something I think that should be left up to chance. And like you said, uh, you can't kind of control it if it happens to you on race day or, you know, a day of a match. You know, I think the more information you have, the more empowered you'll feel, I suppose, to kind of be aware of what to expect and maybe how to overcome some of the discomforts or challenges you may have. Now, Neve, I know you've spoken about this. Your sister Orna was a high-performance athlete mm-hmm. uh, and then she lost her period for, for a while. Uh, and, you know, that can be seen as a blessing, but it ain't necessarily so. No, absolutely. And I suppose it was a, a lesson that was hard learned by my sister Orna um, and I suppose, again, it's that lack of education around um, REDS is what, the, what it's called when you're in a, that low energy deficit. Um, and it is it comes back, like Afric was saying, you know, you know, everyone looks at nutrition, sleep, recovery. Um, but actually for, you know, women and female physiology, that actually your menstruation is really, really important. And when you are menstruating and getting your period, it's like a big group green tick for your health you know that you're on top of your nutrition you're you're fueling yourself enough and um, and again like Afric mentioned I think it's really important to note that there really isn't enough research done at the moment um to be jumping on bandwagons saying you know you should be doing this exact type of training at this stage of your your menstrual cycle I think there that information will come in time but it's just not to um, lean into the, you know, the information as it's only coming to us in drips and drabs at the moment. Yeah. The key thing that we'd emphasize is that you should try and learn about your own cycles. So really tune in to your body and how you're feeling because it's, again, um, you know, menstrual cycles really vary in length and, um, you know, every cycle is very unique. Um, so it's about learning about your own cycle. And then we also try to refrain. There's so much negative talk about, you know, the menstrual cycle. 
And in a way, actually, the menstrual cycle for women, there are actually a lot of benefits um, to the menstrual cycle as well, you know, in terms of training and things like that. So when you can tune into when you're coming up to your period, when you might be ovulating, you tend to have more energy, more motivation and things like that. And it's about capitalizing on that. Um, and then the other thing is when you're menstruating, like on a phys- physiological level, like you're not weaker, you don't have um, any other issues that inhibits your performance. It's just there are certain things you might need to do to support your performance on the day. So you might need to increase um, the amount of sleep you're getting or the amount of food that you're eating. And so that like it is possible to perform at any stage of your menstrual cycle because People think, I think sometimes when they talk about it, they're just talking about, you know, that couple of days when you're actually bleeding. But your menstrual cycle is the whole cycle of, you know, the day you finish your bleeding to when you start it again. Um, and again, it, it's, I think for us, it's really about educating about the menstrual cycle from a young age. And then hopefully in time that the research will come that, you know, elite athletes like AFRIC will be able to from a very scientific point of view, tailor their training um, to, to be able to optimise their performance. Well, look, thank you both very much for uh, joining me. And Eve Murray, who's co-founder of Move to Be, that's the numeral two, Move to Be, and Africo Olympic medalist with the Irish rowing team, high-performance athlete. Thank you both very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.